Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. by PHI Apparel, good folks at PHI Apparel, making uh, the merchandise for all Philly fans out there. Use the promo code CHEFS, that's C-H-E-F-S, for 15% off all the apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co, phiapparel.co. I don't do this alone. Every good hero needs a villain. Every good villain needs a hero. I got the best hero in the world, my brother TP Timeless. TP, what's going on, homie? I done took off the blazer, loosened up the tie, stepped outside. The kitchen timeless is alive. The grill is lit. I can tell you as soon as we walk into this thing, bang, it's like the propane tank got busted. Everybody, hopefully you're safe. I don't know if it's safe down there in the southern part of the United States of America, but I hope we get to jump into it. If not, I brought the steak and potatoes. But it, it's something pleasurable. pleasurable. Let me get this together because I can't believe this news just broke. And um, I'm ready for Wednesday. Happy hum day to everybody out there. Shout out to the Jordan Foundation. Yeah, holla at the Jordan Foundation this side and everybody. It's good to hear your voice, TP. Um, yeah, I literally was going to leave the show with my man, Shanine Holloway, uh, getting the gig out of his album on her seat in Hall. But uh, apparently there's bigger news to be had. But before I get to that, I'm definitely going to get to that first I got to bring in our homie uh, from the 703 and all area codes and zip codes and DMAs and everything in between, Mr. Sirius Simmons, a.k.a. Malik's dad. Sirius, what's going on, bro? You know, man, it's, 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 it's something. You know, man, just when you think you can catch your breath, sit down and chill, boom, NFL, take over again. Um, yeah, it's crazy, man. Let's get to work. 
Yeah, dude, NFL is not playing. So unless you've been under a rock for the last, what, 30 minutes or so, I don't even think it's broken. Um, Bruce Arians is stepping down as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, moving into a front office role. Uh, he's going to be the senior football consultant. Um, he said he, he doesn't see it as a retirement. Uh, he's just moving into the front office. He's still working. But uh, now Bruce Arians is stepping down, and that means that Todd Bowles is stepping in as head coach. Uh, Todd Bowles obviously was the previous coach of the New York Jets. who They had a really good record in his first season, um, but um, I think they were 10-6, and six, but just missed the playoffs and then uh, ended his career 24-40, uh, and 40, um, and was unceremoniously let go in New York. So my dad's old coach. I thought Bowles was a solid coach. I thought, you know, the last two years just didn't have enough talent. So I was surprised at the news from a lot of different fronts. But um, TP Timeless, I'll start with you with the Bruce Arians, uh, quote-unquote, retirement stepping into the front office and Todd Bowles stepping right in to be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you're talking, you're on mute. I, I don't know what to think about the situation because the crazy part about this is, like, you've seen coaches actually run the show as a GM like Bill O'Brien, and I feel like I give Arians the leg up more than I give Bill O'Brien. And uh, for him to mm-hmm. hang it up at this point in time, it's like, are you looking at the situation as Brady's playing around with retirement or coming back? Because when you won the Super Bowl, you were so energetic on being like, we're going to run it back. Everybody's coming back. We're signing everybody back now. Free agency is a thing. You and A.B. got into an argument. That kind of rubbed you the wrong way. The secret started to fly. You started to hear more about the rumors. And now it's like you're going into the draft, and it's like I don't know if you want to handle the scrutiny or everything that came behind. I I want to say more the dilemma of dealing with A.B. being disgruntled. Um, But it's interesting how the season ended for Tampa Bay for them to go with Todd Bowles. To me, Todd Bowles made one of the biggest mistakes in postseason history by calling that corner blitz on one of the, or if not the best receiver in the league last year, at least for that for that season, Cooper Cup was the best receiver. But, I mean, it's debatable if we put him in as best or one of the top five, or you know, but you let him run free mm-hmm. up against a safety that's got a backpedal a little too late, and that's critical in, in a situation. And Todd Bowles has actually been a credible coach, especially when he's running the show being a head coach. But the way things broke up when he was in New York with the Jets is like, hmm, like, I question how that goes down. And then I wonder if you really do get to contain or hang on to a guy like Brady, because I don't think Brady really wants to run with a guy like him. I think Brady was more comfortable being around Aaron, even though, even though I don't think he gets to pick what he wants. But I think this would be a situation if Brady does keep entertaining, oh, I'll go to South Beach and go play in Miami with Tyreek and company. That would be a whole other situation. But right now, this is stunning news. If anything, I would have – like for Arians to be able to set up his own table. If he could have been the GM and the head coach, I, I don't think Tampa Bay would have been mad at that at all, especially for them to, uh, that brought a championship back to Tampa. So uh, I, I respect the retirement from the sidelines. I respect him going to, you know, be the GM of the team. I don't know if he puts the pieces in play is the outcome of how Tampa Bay gets back to postseason caliber or Super Bowl caliber. I can't even just say postseason because with Brady, I think they're still relevant to be a playoff contender. I just think that it's more or less Brady trying to be a Super Bowl contender instead of just getting there because they were that close and that critical defensive call costed them. So 
I, I don't know because after this season, it'll be Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask. So you better get all you can out of Tom Brady at this point in time. But this is stunning news. <laughs> uh, Bruce Arians, hopefully this is the right decision, but I understand you are an, an aging coach at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's 69 years old, So, uh, and, he, and he's had multiple health um, scares throughout his career, as reported. Uh, but he said this wasn't motivated by his health. I, I, I'm going to get to you serious, and I know we got uh, Mike and Q. I'm going to bring him in in a second. TP, I want to I come right back to you. Are you surprised that – well, are you surprised that Byron Leftwich wasn't considered? Do not get me started with that. That is a a better can of worms. Um, I think mm. it was the easiest situation to go with Bowles because Bowles' resume is set up for him. But Byron Leftwich mm-hmm. deserves his due. Nobody nobody's giving him his due nowhere across the board. And I'm tired of this. Like this is a frustrating situation mm. where this well, not even just say quarterbacks, but like black coaches that have the resume to get it done, and they just won't pull the trigger because they don't have enough experience. When are they going to be able to get the experience? It's, it's, I'm tired of these organizations just sitting on their hands and be like, we'll go with someone else. Todd Bowles is a guy that they know about that has that head coaching caliber, whether it was in Arizona or in New York with the Jets. At least he has that. But when does Byron get to go out there? He's a younger guy. And uh, I think he has more mm-hmm. of an attachment to Tom Brady, in which Tom Brady, I, I, to me, I feel like Tom Brady went to that locker room and was pissed because of that defensive call. At least me, and I'm not even a Buccaneer fan, but I was pissed that that's the way that that game ended. You know what I mean? Like, for you to call a corner blitz right. and leave open in the middle of the field. Like, Bowles has done a lot of those questionable calls in his tenure as a, a head coach across the board. So, I don't know. We have situations like the enemy, left which, me being biased, Terrell mm-hmm. Austin, uh, Caldwell, none of these guys are getting any calls. They just go with what's in-house, try to make it work. And so be it. If it works out, then I'll eat crow. But right now, I don't feel like Bowles is a Super Bowl coach. That, that's how I feel about that. Okay. I mean, that, and that's fair. I mean, that's why I wanted to ask. I think, you know, he is um, – he has experience, so maybe they wanted the experience. But I, I'm just surprised that Byron didn't get uh, get a look. I, I mean, I don't know the situation. So, um, hopefully more will come out by, you know – tomorrow and what have you. Serious, well, give me your thoughts on, on Todd Bowles stepping in for um, Bruce Arians as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, for me, I'm taking it from a different perspective. You know, I, I, we sit here on this particular network and have beat the drums about African-American coaches getting opportunities to run franchises and to be on the sideline as the head coach. Um, mm-hmm. And right now, whether this is, you know, skillfully planned by, by, by Bruce Aarons or, 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 you know, lucky coincidence, we now have another African-American in the head coaching seat um, of a franchise that is a premier franchise. Um I salute Todd Bowles because I, I, I think that, like you alluded to when you when you initially started this villain, I think that he was, mm-hmm. you know, incorrectly fired. I think that he was um, a candidate for, for a bunch of different jobs, and for whatever reason, it, it didn't quite pan out that he got this job, that he, just, that he got the different jobs that he interviewed for. But right now, he's set up for success. You know, you got your quarterback in place. 
you've got your wide receivers, you you've been shopping, you've done the free agency thing, you got the draft. Um, so as much as you know, we and it, you know, to you know, what this means for Bruce Arians and, you know, hopefully his health and you know, you know, next steps are concerned. Um, this is a big step for top bowls. And I did want to say this before I, I get off my soapbox. The timing of this was important because mm-hmm. I honestly believe that if Bruce Aarons had, you know, announced that this is what he wanted to do uh, before, you know, this time of the season, all of his coaches or a good portion of his coaches on his staff would have been fired or, or, or let go. This is a way for him to kind of keep the band together, so to speak, coaches that have mm-hmm. worked with him, the coaches that have been retained. Uh, Todd Bowles is no stranger. I mean, he's he, he, he there uh, for an extended period of time now. So this assures them that they still have a job in the league. You set them up with Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady was, you know, according to what I was just reading um, <clears throat> before the, today's show, Tom Brady was made aware of the situation um, about this, and, you know, he still chose to, to unretire and come back and, and things of that nature. So this didn't catch Tom Brady by surprise. Uh, Bruce Aarons, right. according to what I read, went, you know, spoke to the players um, individually and some collectively. So, the players knew what was going on. So I do think that, you know, with the coaching change and, you know, a new voice, there's going to come some growing pains and, you know, they may not get off to the, the, the fast start that we all expect them to. But ultimately this is a, a, a big uh, step in the right direction for Todd Bowles. This is a big step in the right direction to get more minorities um, in those coaching head coaching positions. And I wish him the best of luck with it. Yeah, I mean, and one thing that I do, yes, we we came out and we talked about how, um, you know, last night, you know, with the minority hiring that that they're having that offensive assistant position, um, you know, that the optics of it from, you know, the outside looking in, like you see through the lies and you see through the, you know, the nonsense. But honestly, now Tampa Bay has a chance. And Ian Rappaport is reporting that, they're likely going to promote Larry Foote and Casey Rogers as co-defensive coordinators. You'll have an all-black staff as far as head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and now that offensive assistant position. So I don't know if that's a first, but it's pretty rare to me to have those three main, you know, positions be a minority hire. Um, I'm going to bring in um, Mike, Mr. Harvey. Uh, Michael, what's going on? Welcome to the show, bro. Hey, thank you, brother, man. How are you guys tonight? Uh, chilling like a villain, obviously. Uh, so uh, Todd Bowles named the head coach yeah. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Bruce Arians stepped down. Love to get your uh, yeah. your two cents on that. Yeah, so I love it. I mean, so I followed uh, Bruce Arians' career kind of from at least the 90s, and I know he was in coaching before that, but he was the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. at Mississippi State in the early to mid-90s under Jackie Sherrill. Uh, and mm-hmm. while he was there, I uh, had some up and down offenses, but then he went back into the pros from there. I mean, we obviously know the different places that he's been. Um, so knew some friends that went to school with his kid and such. So, uh, 
to see him make good and even overcome some of the things that he has and be able to, you know, win a championship and as a as a coach is nice. And so, uh, big ups for his career. Like I think at at this age, though, even if it's not health related, maybe you feel like if you can still have a hand in the operations, but uh, be able to take a step back in some ways, maybe you can be a part in uh, take more of a part in helping see what that puzzle look, looks like every year. Or, how certain things get put together, or maybe, you know, there's other aspects of the team that maybe he can work in to help continue to ensure success for that franchise, right? I mean, listen, they came in, Mm -hmm. that team had really fallen off, and big ups to him and and the people that he brought in to work with him. Uh, And obviously bringing in probably the greatest quarterback of all time to play for you and lead your team into the postseason – this team is absolutely a Super Bowl contender with Todd Bowles as, as a head coach. To Thomas's point, yeah, he's made some boneheaded calls and he leaves it didn't work. And, uh, and every coach does. Uh, but this guy's paid his dues. He's been in this game for a long period of time. And uh, I think that there are always going to be jobs where at the end of the day, you know, we can make a comment or say other people might have been a better fit. But I'm so happy to see uh, – another black man get a head coaching job in the NFL. And this is this needs to happen more. If, and sometimes if you can inherit, come in, and you're not trying to take over a franchise that's a mess when you walk in, and they've already won, and they've already started to do that, even though you're going to take Brady off, um, if you're going to have a lot of the guys that have helped build that franchise to where it is now, then – it is the table step for more long-term uh, sustainability or success at that position and to leave more of a, a mark for, for a little while. And maybe somebody stays mm-hmm. with you for a while and inherits that one day. Who knows? But I, I just think it's it's great to see. And it, it makes me uh, – I'm happy for him. I'm happy to see Bulls get another shot. And there's not enough. And we've acknowledged that and been very clear about that in many situations. And so – I'm not necessarily saying that uh, the NFL gets big ups for this hire. I'm saying uh, Todd Bowles gets big ups, and I'm happy to see uh, happy to see another black man as a head coach in the National Football League. Yeah, I I, I do too. And and more news, you know, like Sirius alluded to, is kind of, kind of breaking on on this as as it's kind of trickling in. Um, this isn't this isn't an interim position. He's not like an interim coach until they find a new coach. Bruce Arians has been big, and I'm quoting, has been, been big on wanting Bulls to get another chance at head coaching too serious in my earlier point. He kind of got screwed in New York, um, you know, unceremoniously fired because they had one good season. Then I think his second season, it was in, in third, it was off the rails, and, you know, they didn't have the talent, and he was just kind of – I felt like they didn't give him a chance in New York um, as much as they should have. But um, Arians handpicked Foles to be the head coach. Um, I love to see the, the anti uh, or just the people that want to go against the green and say, no, they didn't interview anybody. Nobody else had a shot for it. Who cares? We never have a shot for these jobs. I'm glad that nobody else interviewed it. it was Bruce, Bruce Arians said, no, Todd Bowles is my guy and got handpicked. So, um from that perspective, I'm glad there's another um, person of color in this position. We need more like that. Um, you know, I don't know what that brings our count to in minorities. I think it's three or four, I think. Um, I have to double-check that. I'm pretty sure. 
three. Yeah, see, I know three of them now. Uh, so that, yeah, right. So Ronald that's three. Um, right. So wait, say it again. Ron Rivera, Todd Bowles, and Mike Collins. And then the, and Michael, right? He's a, he's technically a minority um, in my in Miami. Um, so, yeah, right. So, um, yeah, I mean, we need more like that. We need more diversity. We talked about it last night with the offensive assistant court, uh, position. TP, you know, I didn't get a chance to hear from you on that. Um, I, did you hear the news that the NFL is now instituting uh, the offensive coordinator position strictly for minorities? I'd love to get your feedback on it. Me and Sirius uh, had a nice – we didn't debate, but, I mean, we just basically – gave our feelings on, on that position. Do you have an opinion on that? I think it's minority or a or, or, or female, correct? It's something like that. Right. Right. So they are forced to have an extra position strictly for a minor, minority or female hire. Right. Um, I think that's an interesting situation that they're going to deal with because it's not going to be too many uh, female coaches that they're going to put in that situation, but now they have to, but I feel like they're going to entertain these interviews and you'll see it more down the line. If, if you could get a, a female in this situation, but uh, still yet, I, I still feel like they're backhanding minorities anyway, just to make this a rule now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's going to be set in stone on if this is like the thing, cause they could fire these guys quickly. And then, then it's going to be more of a storm. If somebody feels slighted, if they are qualified as much, you know, on the other side of the coin. So it's interesting the way that the NFL is playing right now. Um, like, they're forcing hands, and, you know, a lot of people don't like to be forced. I don't even want to talk about, like, the politics in this situation because of how much of a storm has been around the NFL since the, I don't know what, the Colin Kaepernick situation. That's still relevant right now. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, but I just, I just want to see which way they go. And plus, like, yeah, maybe Arians may have felt a certain way about bowls and things of that nature, but it's like, him and Bowles were attached together in Arizona, like I mentioned before. And it may have mm-hmm. it may have went down wrong in New York, but he should be able to handle what was going on, he, whether you could talk to the people upstairs or not. When do people get other opportunities is what I'm saying. This is the first opportunity we could think of of Leftwich actually having a good rapport with a guy like Tom Brady or Eric Bieniemy. not even – they're not even letting him out the cage at all. Like people aren't even entertaining him or – Terrell Austin, the guy that actually had a good defense. Do you know how many people from Tampa Bay's defense is leaving right now or they got to try to retain due to this free agency situation? They they still have a handful of people that they have to go get. If that defense doesn't look anything like they looked last year, then they're going to question who? Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. If they start to fall off the wagon defensively, they go to Todd Bowles. What does he do? And, I, and, and all he has, he has interesting blitzes, but he's not really gotten these guys to where they needed to be, whether he was in Arizona or he's in New York. They didn't have them at least at the doorstep of a championship game or a Super Bowl caliber as a head coach or defensive coach other than being with Bruce Arians two years ago. So it's like, and that kind of coincides with Tampa Bay's side of the ball with the offense with Leftwich because Leftwich got just as much as right as the argument as he does because that offense was clicking and putting up 30-something points up against Kansas City also. So they both have an argument while being within that respective door. And uh, they didn't entertain Leftwich while he went to Jacksonville. So it's like, when do you get guys to get other opportunities? If, if he already has a favorite right now, that 
I don't even want to say the words that I want to say on how that situation looks between Arians and Bowles. I really don't, because that's that's a whole other toxic situation. But it, it's interesting that this is what's happening right now. But like I said, with that that minority situation, I feel like they're trying to lift the shades on the situation. But we'll see if, if this like literally sticks like for years on end. Mm-hmm. Right now, this is all new, just like the old overtime rule and how foolish that looks because all across the board, there's a lot of people that are angry with the new overtime rule. The, the NFL is trying a lot to make things happen, let alone they're trying to make this two-hand touch at the same time, too. So the NFL has a lot of questions to answer, and we'll see how this pans out as time goes on. Yeah, I, I agree with the offensive assistant. Me and Sirius kind of echoed the same thing. We feel like it's a sham. There's no penalty for it, right? Um, like, what if you don't hire minorities? What, there's what, there's no penalty. You don't get the team stripped from you. You just lose a pick or something. Like, who cares, right? Um, and it's a position that we have to get. Like, like I said, it's like a feel. It's like you know, sitting on the porch, but you know, everybody else is on the plantation. We still can't get in the house. Um, it's it's that kind of like, it, it's affirmative action. Is I don't think it's it's hurting more than it's helping. Like, we want we want the we want the high paying job we don't want this job that we have to get that we're only qualified for this assistant job that you know it, it's ridiculous the optics of it but and i and listen i and i see what you're saying with leftwich i feel like he's going to get a job at some point I, I was hoping it would be um in jacksonville he turned that down if i'm not mistaken um and probably for good reason too um but Bowles was never going to get another job he got screwed in new york to the point where and minorities don't get a, a second chance. They get a – I think white – I don't remember the stat exactly, but I think the white coaches are twice more likely to get a second job than a, a, a minority hire. And I think it's about maybe 8 to 16% is, is the two numbers. So, you know, it's bad enough well, like people don't get second chances. Black coaches don't – they rarely get a second chance. So – Balls got screwed in New York and was ne- probably never going to get another job. So, um, you know, we could we could take it for what it's worth. But yeah, I hope Byron Leftwich does get a job, just like, and I hope um, the enemy gets a, a job too. Mike, I don't know if you want to chime in on the offensive, excuse me, the offensive assistant position, or or you're good. I'm good. You can proceed. I mean, keep going. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, and and then you, timeless. You hit on the. Um, the overtime rule, too, uh, it's a sham. Mike, I'll come to you. What do you think about the overtime rule um, that was instituted for playoff games where both teams have to touch the football? We talked about it last night, but I definitely want to get you guys' uh, opinion on it. I'm not surprised to see it happen. I, I know it's part of the game now. I hate to see it something end on a random time. And so it, it's nice to see that both teams have a shot to now. But I'd have to see it play out. Mm-hmm. TP, what do you think about it? I, I know what you, you kind of alluded to it, but, I mean, from Sirius and I's perspective, I, I mean, I felt like it kind of it devalues the defense, and it's like a participation award. Like, both teams get a shot, great. Um, and we, we kind of agreed on that. But what's your opinion on the overtime rule for a playoff game? Complete foolishness. Um it's already bad enough they've given, like, uh, teams opportunity. they like, okay, so if it's a field goal, the team gets the ball. So that's another scenario that they did. Back when we were growing up, it was first team scores. So the defense has to come in there and play defense, period. It's not like, oh, right. 
we can afford to let them score. Like, go ahead and score. We'll get the ball back. And if we get you to miss an extra point, there's more of the plot thickening, so on and so forth. So if they score a touchdown, they score a touchdown, and somebody kicks a field goal, it's over again. Like, what are you doing? Like, like I, I don't get it. Um, just, just like you said, it's a participation award for the defense. The defense is kind of, you know, relax a little bit, you know. And um, I, I don't know. Why, why try to do this now? Because Buffalo lost? What, because Buffalo defense, they were number one ranked defense in the NFL. They had 13 seconds to stop Kansas City and couldn't stop them. Stop them. Look, um, right. it's an interesting situation that, that I hear a lot. They said, um, like in football or basketball, but more or less you hear it in, like, basketball a lot. They say, if you don't want to see them mm-hmm. celebrating and dancing, then stop them. So if you don't want to see them win the game in overtime, stop them. Like, like what, what is this? Y'all, y'all getting paid. Y'all, all 11 of y'all that are on the field are getting paid hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars to stop them. Like, and, and, and this is what you want. So now we get more of a situation for them to go and watch more of overtime. Us as the fan to watch more of the game, it's like, okay, cool. We get to see more football. But the team that could be in that situation that scores a touchdown, they like, yay. And the next thing you know, they score a touchdown. It's like, oh, man, so now how does this go? If they fumble to kick return or something crazy happens, it's like, man, we had a shot to win the game. Like, all of this stupid stuff is add-on, let alone the, the NFL is getting softer. I, I hate to say it like that. As much as I love football, but NFL getting no more big hits, no more crackback blocks. All, all of this stuff, is, is, is you go, you're going to get defenses that want to play faster. How do you run to somebody running a 4-3 and then tap them? Like, I, I don't get it. So, this this is going to be crazy on how the, the NFL is trying to evolve this late in the game where these athletes are getting bigger, stronger, and faster. This, this is crazy. A lot of the rule changes and things that they're breaking ground with in the NFL are just, I'm head-scratching this situation. Uh, can I have one more piece real fast? Absolutely. Yeah, so I think once you went to a point where you were going to give the other team the ball if they got a field goal versus instead of a touchdown, uh, I almost think that you should have almost given each team the chance to possess the ball once anyway. Like, if you were going to already – because they they made that move after the ball. And so uh, – did you do it because Buffalo lost this year? I don't know. Maybe you're like, well, we would have loved to have seen in that Kansas City-Buffalo game both teams have a chance to have the ball regardless. What kind of shootout could that have been? What if they had matched each other and then you would have had it again and both teams would have made some plays? Uh, what could that have looked like? So I, I agree with everything else that you said about the, uh, like, I, I'm used to it the same way you are. You score, you win. It's over. Uh, but I, I think that's why you're doing it right now, right, to to give each team that chance to touch the ball. And so I could see why. I, I don't know that it was really a linchpin moment, though. I know that that Kansas City-Buffalo game, though, as as many questions as the NFL has and as many things that, uh, that it does need to continue to answer for if it's going to continue to evolve. That Kansas City-Buffalo game left everybody wanting more. And that might be a nice component of it, too. So, I mean, I guess that could be a statement against it. Yeah, and I said it last night, Mike and TP. Like, in serious, so if you want to chime in, go ahead, bro. But I mean, like, we said, like, dude, it's not like the offense is on the field by themselves. The defense does get to go on the field, you know, and it's not like they take an extra defender off the field and give you an unfair advantage. TP's right. Stop them. The defense gets to play, too. They get paid. So I don't understand how the rules are not fair, you know, that both teams have to touch the ball. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, Listen, am I will I will I fight it? No, tooth and nail. But like, come on, like, 
is it necessary? No, it's not. It's not. It's not broke. Don't you don't have to face it. Serious. I don't know if you want to chime in before we move off of off of football. Yeah. No. Okay. I mean, uh, uh, I spoke about that link yesterday. Um, you know, I, I I'll say this. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals made the Super Bowl. Um, mm. and they won two overtime games to get there. You know how they won those games? Their defense went on the field right. and got the stop. So. I'm, I'm sorry if you want a participation award. I'm sorry if you feel as though um, you wanted to make it fair and, you know, this, that, and the third. Put your ass on the blo- on the field and go stop them in, this, in, in the discussion. Exactly. That's all, that's all that needs to be said. Call the number 929 with you at the callers cook out, uh, the, the villain versus timeless got Mike and series in the building with TP timeless himself. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, PHI apparel for sponsoring our shows. Um, I, I, I the, the news I wanted to get to, uh, was, uh, Janine Holloway being named the head coach of his alma mater, um, the, the Seton hall, uh, the Seton hall pirates, uh, big news, uh, coming out of there. We knew it would happen. Um, and it did. Um, he gets the, after his historic run with St. Peter's, a 15 seed, making it all the way to the Elite Eight, uh, only to get upended, <clears throat> excuse me, by, uh, by North Carolina. Um, now, now seeing how that way, it gets to go back home to his his uh, alma mater, like I said, where he uh, was a three-time All Big East player as a point guard, and gets to lead that Seton Hall team after their current coach um, stepped down. So, um, TP, I, I don't know if you heard that news, but, I mean, just your overall impression of Holloway and how he, you know, he, he kind of parlayed that nice run with uh, St. Peter's into uh, going back to his, his alma mater. You don't know if I heard that news. Do you know who the Big East guy is here, huh? TP, you know? Huh? You 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 left the biggies. I didn't leave the biggies. You did. You know, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on you. That that's what happened. And then you try to say, do I know? <laughs> yes, I know. What's wrong with you? So this is the crazy part. Like I love the run that they went on with St. Peter's, and I want to now say this on air. I apologize, St. Peter's, because every bracket that I uh, wrote in, I wasn't even looking to put in St. Peter's against Kentucky. And you guys got as far as you did, so I will apologize, and I will continue to do it as time goes on. Shaheen, I give you a ton of credit to get that team up and ready to play as far as they did. I felt bad just watching them get emotional or losing that point in time in the tournament. Um, however, I want to see what work he can do with uh, Seton Hall because Seton Hall lost a lot of players. They, they're losing a lot of players to uh, their eligibility, uh, them being uh, you know seniors or better. So, Hopefully he gets to start anew. Um, it was just interesting that a lot of people probably took St. Peter's light, feeling like they could just beat them. And uh, they were the the David in that fight instead of being Goliath. Um, however, Seton Hall is in the Big East. Um, hopefully he could get them to win a Big East championship. Hopefully he could get them to get to a Sweet 16 or any late eight. I don't know if that's in him. Uh, it's just unfortunate that he fell short with St. Peter's. Uh, we had uh, Willard trying to do this with big names while he was there in Seton Hall and couldn't get over the hump. Cuz old Miles Powell was out there being a shooter in all his years there, and they couldn't do anything, whether, you know, trying to get 
as far as the national championship or final four uh, with the talent that they had around him with Miles Cole as well. They had bigs with Sandro, another guy that's in the league also. So hopefully he could start to get recruits there, but the biggies is wide open. The landscape is crazy. Uh, just like I was yelling at Barry just now, you got UConn and a couple of these teams that came back to the biggies. So um, his hands are full. Um, he's going to have to put up an interesting record uh, season by season for them to be recognized by the committee or win outright the Big East or the Big East tournament. It's a great hire uh, for him because that's the school that he played at. But, uh, again, he started from the ground up in the big dog situation of the Big East, which I still will contest the best conference of college basketball. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you. It was a great run. I think he's well-deserving, um, you know, He's improved everywhere he's gone uh, with each program that he's coached um, now with the, with St. Peter's. Um, you know, and, and welcome to the Big East, but uh, my dogs are going to take him. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, you know, I, I, I'm really happy for him. I knew it was going to happen. Um, no, nobody more deserving, um, you know, and, and it's a great story. Mike, I don't know if you – I know you – I'm sorry, TP. I know you heard the news. Um, love to get your thoughts on uh, Shanine Holloway uh, being uh, announced as the head coach of Seton Hall. If you know, you're on mute. On mute today. Yeah, my bad. Now, I mean, listen, he he rode the wave right into a job at Seton Hall. You know, when I think back, um, I remember Terry DeHair and, and Seton Hall having some mm. success back in the day. Um, PJ Carlosimo spent some time there, and and so you know they competed, and that was a team that the Seton Hall Pirates, and they were always tough, right? And so back in the day, uh, seeing them have some success and be able to run with it at times and compete against teams like the Georgetowns and uh, Villanova's and the other teams, Syracuse, and all the teams in that Big East Conference, UConn, and uh, even Providence, like I I still remember being enamored with that basketball conference as a kid, catching it on ESPN or anytime mm. I could. When I was at somebody's house that had, like, uh, satellite where I could get uh, yes or something up around New York on, you know, because back in the day on the on the satellite dishes and the direct TV, you could get some stuff in the, on the East Coast, man. Like, uh, So, uh, you know, I always liked that Big East conference, and I think seeing uh, – obviously this guy can coach. He led this team on a run. I hope he can help this Seton Hall program rise to a level of success maybe that that it's had in the past and, and you know, help see that program uh, continue to move up again or be, uh, you know, a national power in college basketball. I think that – I'm not sure if it's possible with all the other competition now with all, whatever, everything that's going on in sports, but I'd like to see uh, – it's fun to see him try and it's fun to see a guy get rewarded for going on a run like that. And I I just hope uh, I hope we'll see something like that again. But, like, what we got from St. Peter's this year, the first 15 seed to ever get to the Elite Eight, and the kind of run we saw, that's part of what makes Mar- March Madness special. And so for that coach to, you know, be rewarded for a contract at his alma mater and at a, at a university like that, I think it's a it's a good, great fit for on both sides. It's a perfect fit. And, it's, I mean, he's a – Maybe the guy to restore them if it's going to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, they, and they've been a solid team, right? TP, they they had a good season. Um, they had some nice young talent that came through. Um, they, they didn't make a, a serious run, but um, you know, I think Seton Hall 
is on their way back to where um, they used to be. I mean, going 21 and 11, uh, fifth in a, like to be said, a very tough conference. Um, they've had some good recruits come through Seton Hall the last few years and really start to rebuild that program. They did it with um, some veterans, and then now they're starting to kind of recruit a little bit there. So I think Shameen Holloway comes in at, a right, at the right time for this team. Uh, I think he's going to be a nice fit. Sirius, I, I, I'd love to get your opinion real quick on, on uh, Shameen Holloway getting named as the head coach at Seton Hall. <laughs> Excuse me. Sirius is probably on mute. Everybody's on mute today. So, so uh, I love it. Everybody's making sure they're being polite and putting themselves on mute. I don't think he's there. Sirius, are you there? He's gone. All right. Um, yeah, what up? No, but I think it's a good oh, – really? 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 You're doing this on purpose, right? You're doing this on purpose? No, I'm, I'm in the middle of moving some stuff around my house, so I had the phone on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Speak on it. Speak on Shemaine Holloway before I mute you. <laughs> Anywho, so you talk, you're talking about uh, the, the new coach hire? Yes, sir. So for me, um, I'm excited for him, to be honest with you. I do feel some type of way. Um, and that's just because I, I really like what he was doing there with, with, with the Peacocks and whatnot and um, I kind of wanted to see him ride that thing out, but we all knew this was coming. Um, so I'm mm. proud of him for, you know, getting an getting opportunity at his alma mater. That seems to be the, 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 the path that coaches are taking nowadays. You know, we look at Penny Hardaway in Memphis and Hugh Davis at North Carolina and Jawan at, at Michigan. And, you know, the, the, the goal is to, 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 to go back home and try to do it at home. I mean, the 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 Thompsons and Ewing at Georgetown and you know the, the the goal is to go back home and try to do it for 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 the team that you played for or coached or was a part of so um, I'm proud of him um, I think it's going to be easier for him to recruit now than it was before uh, because we all saw mm-hmm. what we did you know during this tournament run and um, but again, I, I, I do feel sorry for the players. You know that that he's leaving. You know I understand right. that. You know this is a business. I understand that. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know coaches do move on and do different things. And you had a nice thing going there. And um, I did want to see what would happen if he was able to recruit. Um, you know, put that school on the map. You know, and that, that's what he did. I mean, the the, the people that they beat. In order to get to the to the elite eight, and, and you know the the run they've been on, you know opening up the tournament and smacking Kentucky in the head, and and going on that run, you know it, it was spectacular. Uh, so I took my cap to him and those, those kids who uh, made it as far as you know nobody gave them opportunity. That that, that that's a testament to the coach and that's a testament to his skill set. But um, I'm proud of him for for go, for going home and. Hopefully they can do it, you know, for for something. Yeah, I mean it's almost impossible to make a max school um, a big a power. You know, they just don't have the facilities, they don't have the the, the level that these bigger schools had. But uh, it's a good look for him. I, I'm, I'm happy for him. 
Um, it's the nature of the business, right? The, the, the kids, get, you know, the coaches usually move on and move to, to quote unquote greener pastures. But um, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I, you know, I was going to shift to to the NBA, but I, I want to talk March Madness, and I, I haven't talked a lot of basketball with TP. So TP, we got a nice looking on paper powerhouse schools: Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, Kansas. These are teams. Seven of the last 14 championships have come from these four schools. Um, we got a quote-unquote star-studded Final Four, a lot of sub-headlines uh, coming through. Um, Villanova uh, coming coming in without uh, one of their uh, unfortunate. Last year was Gillespie. This year now it's Justin Moore. You got Kansas that looks like they might be a favorite um, with their with their combination uh, of, of Remy Martin. <laughs> you know, they, You know, unbelievable in the tournament. You got North Carolina on a hot streak um, coming in, and then you got the first meeting of North Carolina and Duke in in March Madness in the NCAA bracket. Uh, this is Coach K's last go around. Obviously, um, you know his kids, his freshmen have really stepped up to the challenge. Uh, Blanchard, Blanchard is unbelievable, man. God, he, he's going to be some kind of ball player. But uh, TP, who do you like in the Final Four? Um, this is tough. Uh, I really, if if my money were on the line, I'd say Duke Kansas for the uh, fi- uh the national championship. Um, however, I'm a guy for underdog situation. I want to see the rematch of North Carolina Villanova. Uh, just because the way the Big East won that game, hitting the buzzer beater and and Jay Wright looking at him and said game before he let the ball go, and just knowing that they want to run that back as much as Villanova feels like they are being you know, cast it out because they lost one of their bigger players right now at the wrong time uh, due to injury. But this is the first time we see Duke and North Carolina in the big dance ever. That's history. And uh, for their rivalry for their rivalry to be as big as it is, why not see it go down at this point in time in the Final Four? I feel like they scripted it this way. I don't even feel like, oh, well, it's, no, that 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 is scripted for them two to meet up like that and kind of charge each other. They blew North Carolina out by 30 in Chapel Hill. They come back and shut down Cameron Indoor and uh, watch Duke lose, and they couldn't get across half court the whole second half. This this is a storybook situation for either Hubert Davis in his first season up against Coach K or Coach K moving on into the uh, national championship up against whomever is on the other side of the spectrum. One of these coaches I do have like a personal agenda against, just that, well, two of them. Uh, Coach K is the first one, though. But the second one would be, uh, Bill Self, I don't, I don't respect him because he gets a ton of uh, All Americans there, and he only has one championship, and that one championship came Man. at the hands of knocking off Derrick Rose. You know, other than that, for all of the All Americans that end up in Kansas, he's not been able to bring back at least two or three, and he gets considered to be part of the blue blood situation. You, out of all of the coaches, need a championship right now, all of them. Like Hubert Davis, obviously, this is his first season, so. He still has time to go to at least bring one back to Chapel Hill. Uh, Jay Wright is the more successful out of the past, let's just say, five seasons. He's won two national championships in five years and bringing that back to the Big East and Philadelphia. So, like, if he knocks you off and gets to contest for a third, I'm actually going to be mad because I'm like Villanova owns college basketball at this point in time because Coach K will be trying to hang it up whether they play either school out of North Carolina. So this is just great basketball at this point in time. I'm just um, – it's unfortunate – that Villanova has to deal with an injury at this point in time, but uh, you know the yeah the gloves are off. Everybody got to bring their A game at this point in time, and 
again, like my heart would be uh, North Carolina, Villanova. But if, if it were money on the line, I feel like Kansas may have a little too much, especially with the injury to Villanova. And uh, I feel like Duke can beat North Carolina up inside if they could just get the ball across half court. Their their guard play is going to be instrumental on them getting past uh, North Carolina or not because the way that they lost in uh, Cameron Indoor, that was incredible how they had about four or five straight mm-hmm. turnovers, whether it was steal or intercepting passes, and they couldn't figure it out, not even Coach K. So uh, money on the line, Duke, Kansas, uh, my heart, North Carolina, Villanova. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised how well Duke has played to get to the Final Four, TP, to your point. Um, they've, they've stepped it up a notch. I think they've kind of figured it out. They got confidence now. And I feel like, I feel like the defense has stepped it up a, a, a little bit. They've kind of come on another level and mixing the zone and the, and the man, but really going man, especially, uh, in the elite eight game. So, um, I like what I see from them. Um, yeah, I, 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 I gotta go Duke in Villanova. That's the game I want to see. I, I, I love Jay Wright. He's a really good coach. And, you know, it, I'm big East all the way like you. So, um, even though that Nova beat my, my Huskies in the Big East tournament, I, I still, even though with more, I, I like their chances. They're still a dangerous team. Gillespie can play. They got some bangers inside. They're a good basketball team, even without more, who unfortunately tore his Achilles. What a, what a tough break for that kid. Um, but what I, makes I, you know, it's going to be dangerous. Well, what makes Villanova so dangerous? Everybody's ready to shoot. Even the big, the bigs are ready to shoot. Everybody's not scared to play absolutely. ball. That's, that's what makes them tough. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And 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 they 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 have no fear. They're not afraid of anybody. They're not afraid of the moment. They come play. They play hard. They're a tough team, and they have a tough. Co- they're a good. They're a well coached team, and they're they're a tough team. So, uh, you're absolutely right, I Mike. I don't know what. Let, let me I let me get your opinion, Mike. Go ahead, jump in. I think that's what I love about Nova. Like, exactly what you just said. Like, and, and to me, their approach to this tournament, even uh, their approach to some of their other titles. Is is my audio okay? I switched a second. Um, yeah, you're good. Okay. No, so I, I think that they're just very business-like in their approach. They came to the tournament. They took care of business. There's all the pomp and circumstance of Coach K. You know, in some ways, that's what the – uh, you know, traditionals want to see is him be able to ride out on that sunset. And and I just don't want to see, like, like Coach K's had plenty of success. He's won his titles. He helped the Olympic team get back to goal when they needed it and, like, really kind of uh, was part of that, really helping get players to buy in even on an Olympic level. But I just don't want to see it. I, I'm looking for – I hope to see Nova win. I think – I just sort of like – you know, while I was talking about Jay Wright the other day, when I was talking about Coach K stepping down, I was talking about guys that he's going to be leaving the game to. And I said, a guy like Jay Wright becomes one of the legends. Of, I mean, he's one of the legends of this game and, and is going to, you know, be one of the deans and, and at some point. But his success is really unprecedented at that school, you know, with the, with the multiple national titles and whatever. And so, Definitely one of the greats in the game of college basketball, and in that he's very much, I think, in that discussion for best coach in the land. And I don't know how you always measure it, but um, he's Jay Wright is in that discussion, and especially now that one of the greats of all time steps down, and he's not um, part of that that standard that you're measuring up to. I mean, you are like as far as entirety of careers, but when you're determining best in the game right now. 
Like that's that's not a name you're going up against anymore. Like Jay Wright's name is is very high on that list. I have a lot of respect for him and the program that he's run at Villanova. And there are times, like I said, that they're not talked about. They don't care, man. It's just it's business like they show up, they take care of business, they get praise. I'm not saying they're overlooked or this huge underdog or anything else like that. I'm not. Or they're fueled by it, but like this team just. They execute. They do what they're supposed to do. They don't play scared. They'll they'll play tough with anybody. I, I feel like it, in, in a lot of ways, Villanova and Jay Wright's program in some ways embodies the the personality of the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, it, they three champions. They're going for their third championship right in six years. So um, he once they finally got over that hump, you know, Villanova always was like. You know they were the they were the darlings that never could get. They were kind of like Gonzaga, like you know what I mean, like that darling that couldn't get over the hump. Once they got over the hump, they kicked the door down. They are that is a program. Jay Wright is is one of the best, if not the best, arguably college coach in basketball. He he's amazing. So I really do like it. But you know I agree with you too, TP. Self, you know we we don't believe you. We need more people, man. Like where are the chips, man? One chip, that's all you got. Like you know I'm glad he digs. Kansas is, is one of those teams that couldn't always get over the hump too, but only one chip with the talent that they've had. Now, listen, granted, like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, TP, when they had a really, really good team, Joel Embiid went down with the injury at Kansas and kind of derailed uh, their, 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 their chances in March Madness. I, I believe he had that. Um, I think he had the, it was the foot injury or what, what have you. So that was probably his best chance to get a national championship and, and kind of went the way of more, got an injury. But, um, you know, one championship is not enough for me. But, uh, serious, what do you think about the Final Four? Who do you like? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that can't be the only excuse. I was going to say that can't be the only excuse with Embiid going down with a foot injury. Right. Like, it's the next man up mentality. And the crazy part about that is, what was it, 2005 when he was in Illinois and they lost that national championship to North Carolina? So you've been in Kansas for 17 years and you've got a ton of All-Americans that come to Lawrence, Kansas, and you've got one championship? Wait, I don't know. I'm shaking my head. Because they they was able to do this type of damage right now at this point in time. I'm I'm not accepting that. Joe, Joe, that that weight right. of the world can't be on Joel Embiid's foot. I'm not, I'm not buying that. No, by absolutely means. not. He's had at least, he's at least had the first eight to be able to come off the bench uh, with help, regardless if Embiid's in there or not. I, I, you need more people with that one also. So, uh, um, no, self, right. you, you better. And this, and if he loses this game, the Villanova and Villanova has an injury. There's nothing anybody can say to me. They, they can't say anything to me if Bill Self loses game to Villanova. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fourteen years. To your point, since his championship. Go ahead, Mike. To your point, as we transition to series, Kansas kind of has a reputation for that anyway. Over the last most of my lifetime, I mean, you think Larry Brown wins that title there with Danny Manning, but if you think about it, like Roy Williams, it took him for years and never could get over the hump after getting All American after All American after All American. And I'm not, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to say it for sure, but I know that he won national championships in North Carolina. I'm not sure that he ever got one at Kansas. No, he didn't. And if they, he did, they, they was, went 30 it, years. It, they went 30 years without yeah. a championship. 
20 years. Yeah, 20 years. So, 20 years. So, it was 88 yeah, and so 2008. Yeah, so to me, that Kansas program, uh, whether it be now it's Bill Self, but even when it was Roy Williams, you know, Self did one thing that his successor didn't. And even though he won, like a, like we just talked about at North Carolina and won multiple chips and, you know, kept that program uh, playing at a high level for multiple seasons, you know, Roy Williams was unable to get one at Kansas either. And so I, I don't know if it's an indictment on that program and the fact that there's nothing out there and people going out there to play, I'm not sure. But uh, it is yeah. a. It seems to be a, a a college blue blood program that suffers a lot of uh, disappointment, disappointment and failure to meet expectations on a perennial basis. Uh, in some ways, um, in some ways, it 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 can be a disappointing uh, life to lead as a Jayhawks fan. I feel like. Absolutely. I mean, look at that Go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, what I was going to say about the disappointment aspect that Mike was talking to, case could be made that Gonzaga is right there with them. You know what I'm saying? Because how many mm. more bites at the apple is Gonzaga going to get? I mean, they're not pulling in All-American, all like All-American like Kansas and, and Duke and North Carolina, but, you know, case could be made that Gonzaga has gotten all the way to – the championship game, you know, from all different types of seeds and whatever, and has still yet to get it done. I saw a meme that the the, the, the Gonzaga team is the Utah Jazz of college basketball. You know, they they, <laughs> they, 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 they just can't get themselves right. And, and again, I understand they ran into a, a motivated team or whatever the case may be, but to, 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 to the task at hand about the final four, you know, as a Tar Heel fan, obviously I'm I, I'm enjoying watching you know college royalty on display. You know, when you look at the the the, the college backdrop and you talk about college basketball, these four teams, no matter how they chose to get there, tend to come up. You know, what I'm saying like if you play ball, you want to go to Duke, you want to go to North Carolina, you want to go to Kansas, you want to go. You want to go to Villanova, you know, Kentucky. And these are the names that keep coming up. Um, and they, no matter how they found their way there, North Carolina was up for dead a month ago. You know, they were talking about mm-hmm. them being the last team out, and they managed to claw their way, you know, to, 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 to this point. Duke, you know, got bounced by North Carolina, lost in the ACC, you know, championship game to, to a game Virginia Tech team. They, they were right in the obituary for Coach K, and he found himself here. You know, Villanova, you know, they did what they did. Kansas, Kansas has been the best-looking team in the tournament, in my opinion, Um, you know, just based off of how they played and and the margin of victory that that, that they've won these games. But ultimately, if you're looking at Saturday, gentlemen, it's going to come down to two things for me, heart and talent. And as much as I'm a North Carolina fan, um. I don't I, I don't see how we beat Duke this upcoming weekend. I, I just don't see it. Like the way Coach K and these Duke Blue Devils are playing right now, it's it, it's insane. And not to mention, I do think that you know I'm not going to say it's scripted or gameplay, but Coach K, I I, I think the NCAA wants Coach K to go out on top, 
And if there's a questionable call, if there's a, a 50-50 ball, if there's something out of the ordinary, um, I, I think it'll go deuce way. And I, and, I, and I say this and I get out the way. If you're Coach K, if you're the Duke Blue Devils, if you want to send, you know, Coach K out, you know, the best way possible, you have to go through North Carolina. Like, it, 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 it will almost be a letdown if North Carolina didn't find themselves in this position. You know, yeah, you'll take the championship, but for, for, for the rivalry, for everything that these two teams have, have meant to, to basketball, for everything that these two schools have, have, have meant to each other, the respect and camaraderie that both teams, uh, both schools have amongst the, 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 the pantheon of basketball, if Coach K is going to win, you know, his, 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 his last trophy, whatever, he has to see North Carolina. So it, it, it's going to be fun. Um, I do think Kentucky wins. Um, not Kentucky, but Kansas wins. Um, I just think that the injury um, and the fact that Villanova is not very deep is going to come back to bite them in the behind because I believe Kansas can go seven, eight deep. As to Villanova and Jay Wright, they can't. Um, so give me Kansas and Duke um, for the final. But, again, if North Carolina yeah, wins yeah. this thing, I'm going bananas. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Villanova can go eight deep. <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, they whoa, can. Whoa, whoa. Villanova you, can. You have not been Villanova. watching basketball if you said that. Villanova. You have not been watching Villanova. basketball if you said Villanova can't go eight deep. You have not been watching they basketball. Can. They're a deep team. They are a good That's team. That's a lie. That's a blatant I lie. I don't think so, bro. I don't you, think so. They got here with their second unit, too. Wait, wait, what? So it's, it's been the, so. the starting five? Forget it, bro. Forget it, bro. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, listen, Kansas is a deep team. I, I think Kansas has a, a, like, say it again. TP, don't we already have a bet going on in this game? Oh, what game? Oh, you do? This Kansas Villanova joint. Did we bet in the barbershop? I'm not sure. I don't think game? so. True. I don't True think story. so. <laughs> but no, I, 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 think that's I, I, I like. <laughs> I like it. I like. Listen, I like Duke and and um, I'm I'm rooting for <laughs> Villanova. I, I want Duke and Villanova to get to the final. I think Kansas. Listen, I still have nightmares, and TP knows what I'm talking about with Paul Pierce. They went what? They almost went undefeated the whole season and lost in the tournament. That that was probably Kansas' best chance to get a national title with Paul Pierce and Jack Vaughn, um, and they lost. Um, that they ruined that bracket for me that year. But I mean, um, Kansas is always you know tripping up in, in the four. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, I think they had lost to Carmelo Anthony, right? That was Kansas that uh, lost to Syracuse. Um, yeah, they did. There was always yeah. something with it. Yeah, so there's always something with Kansas, man. It's always something. But, listen, Duke is the, is probably the story they're going to get the headlines because of Coach K's last season. Um, North Carolina is dangerous. They're a good basketball team, but I think Duke has figured it out. I think they, like you said, like I think their defense is, is really stepping up. Um, and I think Coach K's got those kids' ears after. I think the best thing for them – was getting slapped around by Syracuse but pulling out the game, but then eventually losing at the Barclays Center because 
it was that one and done. And like, dude, it's real. This is you need to. They need to step you want up. You to grab a man. And now they're playing. Yeah, they need to play a lot better basketball. So, um, you know, I can't wait. I can't wait for this. Um, I can't wait for the for the whole tournament to kind of pop off. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be real fun. Um, I think the games are Saturday. Um, I can't wait to watch it. Um, TP, I don't know if you got anything else you want to chime in on, um, or if you have any other topics. I extended the show, so if anybody wants to, to duck out, please be my guest. But um, yeah, well, let me know. Not, 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 not interesting uh, the comparison between what Kansas has been able to do compared to. Like the Gonzaga situation, Gonzaga doesn't even have all Americans come through mm. there like that. They just are a talented group of kids that get together with Coach Mark Few, and Few's able to do damage with what he has. And the only thing that's bad about Few, and he can't duck it any longer, as much as I love him as a coach, is his conference. His conference doesn't really give him any competition. They'll come out and be 28-2, and yeah. two, start storming through their conference championship and get to the big dance and then – get to the Elite Eight, and that's when the slipper falls off on the steps. And it's like, keep running, keep running, and then the carriage turns into a pumpkin. So that's the one thing about Mark Few's situation. But in comparison between him and Bill Self, he's actually been to two national championships. He's been to so many different Final Fours just coming up short. Uh, Self got one national championship. I don't think he's been to another Final Four since he was in Illinois. So, like, for all of the pieces that he's brought through there and they went to the NBA – and have done work, I, I give Few a ton of credit for what he's been able to do with the pieces that he has. He, I don't even want to count his conference because that, that's where they need to start bulking up his uh, strength of schedule. they got to start putting stronger teams in front of him strength of schedule-wise. Uh, other than that, they're going to continue to have, at best, four losses on the season. They look incredible. And then they take that team into the middle of, like, Compton and they get slapped around by some dudes from the hood. So that's the one thing that they, they got to get tougher. Um <laughs> And the crazy part is, is um, the way that Drew Timmy was looking in comparison to the way that they ousted him. Uh, he's going to have trouble moving on to the next level. I'm sorry. I, I just don't like the way he looks. Uh, from last year going into this year, he just let, you know, guys from the hood bully him where he should take it like uh, Biggie made a song called Brothers Bleed, just like us, or even though it's a different word. But he should take it like that. Yeah, right? Right. Take it like, oh, this, this guy's a different complexion to me. I'm not going to play as strong as I played in a WCC conference. Like, get out of here. Like, no. Um, but that that may fall on some of Mark Few as well. But it just builds self for all of the big names. I could list off the laundry list of players that he's had in the last three seasons, let alone that all of he's had since he's left Champagne. Um, he has to win one. He has to. Even though I feel like this is Coach K's time, but there, there's no excuses, especially the way that the cards are dealt for him to actually win this national championship. And he's got he a for sure, yeah. Gonzaga yeah. for sure, for sure they need to go there. No, yeah. no question, no question. Just yeah, just like think, Utah went to the Pac Pac twelve in football. I think Gonzaga needs to move over there to a power conference. They're ready. It's their time. Uh, they, 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 I agree with you. They do. Go ahead, Mike. I to to me the thing that concerns you is is the Pac. Is do they do something just for basketball? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I think they have a baseball program, but I know they don't really play football. So can they do in some conferences? You know, you see the Pac-12 pick up a bunch of other teams for wrestling that aren't in that conference in any other sport. Uh, Big 12 does the same thing. So um, is it something 
that they would be willing to do on a basketball only thing or and what type of level. I mean, I, I definitely agree that this is one for uh, for self to win. If he, I mean, he he has he's healthy. He's got his guys. Um, people were trying to say that the Big Twelve was the best conference in the land this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is their this is their one participant to prove it. Like, just like Villanova's representing the Big East. So this is their one chance to, uh, you know, to carry the flag for that, for that conference. But I, I feel like this is huge for uh, self has to have this. It, he needs this more than anything else. Maybe the game feels like they need, or you know, Coach K to win it for the story. But uh, I think that Bill Self is is the coach that that needs this as much as anybody. Now the crazy thing would be, as much as we talk about these uh, possibilities. The least likely scenario, I think, is that North Carolina wins the title. I think they're probably, in my in my head, probably the least likely team to win it out of the four. But how crazy would it be if, mm-hmm. at times, as bad as they looked this year, that somehow they found a way to win? Um, so that's all I had on this topic. I was gonna uh, I was gonna mention a couple of things that I don't remember mentioning in in this space, and actually ask TP about real quick. Uh, we delved into it a little bit on, on the brunch, but I was going to bring up one other uh, one other topic. Go ahead. So, TP, I know uh, you got to be pretty excited. We mentioned it briefly on the brunch, but uh, how about your twins, man? With uh, with all the pieces you got coming back, we got we got baseball coming up. I've been looking around and seeing like the opening day pitchers, you know, are starting to come out. You're starting to see which who, which team's going to be using for opening day and who's going to be out there. So, to me, that's kind of exciting with, with opening day. And I thought maybe uh, I thought maybe if, if any any of us, any of the chefs around the room wanted to at least uh, point out either something about their team they're happy about or an opening day guy or just anything, uh, one, one aspect of, of, of baseball. Like everybody just throw one thing out to the group since we had a couple minutes. Just whatever whatever <laughs> thought crosses your brain about the sport. TP, you got to go first because we started to talk a little baseball and we got shorted. So it, the floor is yours, man. T- talk to me about your twins. Where did I throw? I, I, I talk baseball the last day no, we were you were about to talk baseball because you guys had made a move last week on the callers cookout, but it was like at the tail end of the show, and you're like, "No, nah, we'll we'll save it." Yeah. But you guys got I think you got a brunch. Yeah, I want to give him that right. Stage, I think. You, yeah, go for it. You guys didn't you guys get Chris Archer yesterday? Oh, so now they're paying attention to Twinkie baseball. I like uh, this a lot. I like. Yeah. Um, I um, I said this for years. Barry known me for over uh, over thirty, right? So here go the crazy part, right? I've always gotten angry that Minnesota never opened up the checkbook. As much money as their family has, they own Target. They got money. Target is in almost every state in America. Y'all got money, and y'all sitting on it. Now it's like finally, and I got it, you know, the area that I'm from. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the New England area of the United States, so I say the area. And the the skipper, a.k.a. the manager, is Rocco Baldelli. He's from Rhode Island. So it's like, he came there and kind of just, you know, left the Tampa Bay situation behind him, came to Minnesota, and changed the culture now. Like, it's like finally the pieces that he was dealt with, he had a good core for, around him. He just didn't have pitching. And um, it, I guess it went on and showed season after season that 
They have the offense that could put up runs, but if they're not contending with the starters because we have a good bullpen year after year, what are we doing? He finally got that front office to open up the checkbook and make some moves. And, Lord, have I been saying this for year after year, decade after decade. You can ask Barry if you think I'm lying. I'm dead serious. And they finally did. I don't know where they hear me, if there's a microphone around me nearby, or if Carmen's trying to finally work in my favor. Thank the Lord. You know what I'm saying? But for them to go after, I think, three, I think they picked up three starters this offseason. This offseason is like they yep. heard me. They finally heard me. And then what I'm saying to address the the money situation, you go after the biggest free agent in the market. You finally did that? Like, I'm tired of us going after a 39-year-old Jim Tomei or a 38-year-old uh, Cruz or, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody at the end of their run. Like, what are we going right. to do with these old dudes? Like, they're, they're waving at the crowd. Farewell tour. Like, no, like, we got to compete. And with the – how do I say it? It's 2022. I want to say since 1999, they considered the Twins being at least a top five or top ten farm system in the MLB because they were able to pull up guys like Johan Santana, Torrey Hunter, Doug McCavage, uh, Dave Ortiz, a.k.a. Poppy. Like, all of them came through this farm. It's like, no, don't keep relying on the farm. Let the farm be our, you know, the cow, but we got to go out here and make moves out here to contend. Like, no, now they finally started making moves, and this is like, okay, now let's go to war. You know what, Sports City? I'm going to say this right here and right now. We are going to beat the Yankees this year. I'm saying it right here and right now. I'm saying it right now. I'm saying it right now. We finally went and got pitches to address the situation. Whole new culture. I feel like we could do it. I don't feel like the Yankees made that many moves to still be the dude that punches in the forehead every time. I feel like we could beat them this year. Whether it's series or if we see them in the post, I want them in the postseason. Forget regular season, how that looks regular season. I want to get to the postseason and get it done here in the boogie down. I want to do backflips and everything in the Bronx. I'm dead serious. We're going to a game, PP. We're going to the stadium, so book it. I don't know when we play each other, but we're definitely going to a series. Don't tell me what to do. 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 No, because I promised the, I promised the little villain that we would go to a game this year because we didn't get to go last year. Um, you know, just COVID. I just was not comfortable with it. But we're we're you know we're all vaxxed and stuff. So I said we're gonna go. We're gonna go this year. I promised them. So, and, and what better way to celebrate than going with Uncle Ty to, to a twin, Twinkies game? So, I don't know when we, I think we, we play, play you guys. I, I think we play y'all in September. I think it's July and September. I think the July one is in okay. Minnesota. I think September is in the Bronx. Okay, so it'll be late in the year. So, we'll probably go to a game before that. So, we'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, absolutely. We, got, we definitely got to uh, try to find a game to go together. But, um, listen, it's so funny because when I read about the Twins, they they got an A minus in their off season grade, and it was like they would have got an A plus if they got one more starter. And then they got then they got Chris Archer, so I think they covered all their bases, um, getting Sonny Gray, Sanchez, Gio, Urshela from you know Yankees, Dylan Bundy, Carlos Correa. I, I like what they've done because they they lost. You guys lost um, um, what's his face um, to surgery, Mahida. Um, uh, the, the stars. So uh, replacing him with with Chris Archer on a one year deal is a smart move. And then you, and what I actually really liked what you did was extending Buxton. I didn't think you guys would do that. Um, the Lord. Usually they the it's Lord. Like, kind of like the Lord. Yeah, yeah. The Lord. It, it's a, there's only there's only there's only one more person I need him to resign. And it's like reading the organization and his body language. I don't think they're meeting 
but he's my favorite player on the team. They need to keep Max Kepler. And it's like, I don't know what's going on. This guy is a great bat. He can swing with power. He can bat to get on base. He got decent speed on the bases. His his, uh, speed in the field ain't great, but him and Buxton do well uh, from right field to center. Um, Awesome player. And then they're, they're like, oh, well, the Yankees are interested in Kepler. I'm like, don't let him go to the Yankees. It's already bad enough we gave him Donaldson, and, and it's like, okay, cool. We'll give them a 40-year-old Donaldson. Okay, fine. But don't let Kepler go, please. I just want to keep him. We do that. We, we can go to war. I, I got my gun down. I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's, but it's like Tampa Bay usually, once they hit the arbitration years, they usually let him go, and they bring out somebody from their farm system. So I'm, I'm glad the Twinkies, you know, figured out a way to keep these guys. Um, and the Yankees could be interested in everybody. It doesn't mean they're going to sign them. They're cheap right now. The Yankees are playing like uh, the, the Royals right now. It's ridiculous. But um, the, you lost Freddie Freeman, but you added Matt Olsen. And then you got Kelly Jensen, which, which was a sneaky good move for me, and then Eddie Rosario. Um, and then you, you got Ronald Acuna, who should be back. For, um, you know, from, He was injured, right? Um, so yeah, he should be back in May. I mean, yeah. So I think this team. Listen, I'm I'm really I heard more about, and and after I say this, I'm not going to bring it up anymore. But I heard more about this Freddie Freeman situation, more that came out this week in some interviews, and it frustrates me because apparently he they were. There was an offer. He said that, you know, this is kind of what he's looking for. The Braves made him an offer that was actually more per year than the Dodgers did. Gave him 24 hours, never heard back. And it's being reported, though, that he never got that offer from his representation. And when the Braves people never heard anything the next day, they were like, well, we know that Oakland's on a fire sale, and – We've got to make this move right now. Otherwise, somebody else may slip in here and get this guy. So, uh, listen, Fred, Matt Olson is a considerable amount younger than Freddie. He's been very productive. He's arguably top three first baseman in baseball right now. So, mm-hmm. it's not like the drop-off uh, production-wise – is likely to be drastic. I mean, Freddie Freeman's more proven because he's older and he was, he was definitely a leader on that team. And I'm disappointed if, if that's the case, he didn't get that offer. I'm disappointed that that panned out that way, because I do think the organization may have been healthier if they had kept him. When you look at all the pieces that they had to give away um, in order to get Matt Olson, that being said, you got this guy. Now you got him for eight years. If he's healthy, uh, you don't have to worry about that position for a while. And it did allow them to uh, make a couple moves. And, yeah, thanks to the Twins for Eddie Rosario. What a monster that guy was uh, last year in the postseason. But, so, I mean, listen, I think the Braves, um, you got to see if you can get Soroka back later. But I think they have a decent amount of arms. I think they have a very good bullpen. Uh, if Acuna can get back in May as, as projected, like, I think that could be huge for this team. This, uh, they have to be the favorites in the uh, – be the favorites in the East, but I mean, I think the Mets, you know, if if they keep those two stars healthy with what they have on that team, have a very, very legitimate shot, and the Phillies have done some things to get better, too, so uh, I 
I I think that National League East is going to be to be very very interesting. You know, it one thing I did want to say, and in all the last few years we've talked about guys kind of being held back or not getting much of a chance or not being put up, and and maybe he goes back down and doesn't spend much time in the majors, but. People wonder what Cincinnati was doing, not re-signing a lot of guys, and they may not be a great team. They still have some uh, guys on the field, but they're proving their opening day guy from last year is hurt. And so, what did they do? They're uh, they're promoting their number one prospect to uh, take the ball on opening day against the defending mm-hmm. world champs. Uh, give the kid. I mean, what what bigger stage is there for a kid to debut in? And so they're not worried about it right now as far as what the numbers look like or before what date or whatever they're like we're just gonna we're gonna give them a shot we're gonna go for it and see what see what it looks like so uh i i think that's kind of a cool story too yeah absolutely i mean i like what both of your teams did this offseason you know for different reasons i i like you know even though you lost freeman i love getting olsen i wanted him um, in New York, so I think you know that was a smart move. I just like I just like what both you guys doing as opposed to the Yankees that you know could have got an F. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean they still should win over ninety games. They still should be a solid ball club, but a solid ball club is it? I mean, I, they're not a threat. They're not a World Series team to me. Um, the best signing is, you know, bringing in an old 30-year-old-plus, you know, third baseman that is prone to injury in Josh Donaldson. It's a joke. Yeah, but, Mike, it's one of the best free agent classes that we've seen in a while, and the, the, they threw money at Tim Lazario. I mean, like, are, are, are we kidding right now? Like, Anthony Rizzo, who's a good fit, it's too many what-ifs for me, Mike. It's too many, well, if, if Joey Gallo hits better than 160. Well, if Jonathan stays healthy. Well, if, if you know, Kiner Falea, you know, can can man shortstop and, and improve the defense. Yeah, well, if Louis Severino can really be a – they just didn't – it's too many what-ifs for me with this team. And it's like, even though we have one of the highest payrolls, I think they do have, you know, the highest payroll – in franchise history, but in one of the highest payrolls in baseball, it's still like, where are we spending this money? It's it's a joke, Mike. But but you know what it's from, though? It's from that Stanton contract. I mean, when you, you took on mm-hmm. that contract, yeah, and, yeah. and the deal is, is but it, it, listen, if Stanton and Judge are healthy and in that lineup, the, to me, that's the biggest if, because there are certain things. And then the next one is Severino, can you get enough from him, and how much can you pitch? Because – I, I truly believe that when he's in the lineup, Josh Donaldson can hit and he gets on base at a high clip. So, um, Anthony Rizzo is an on-base machine. You don't need him to be a 3, 4, or 5 hitter. You need him to be able to situationally hit. You need him to be able to get on base and do things and keep lines moving. Anthony Rizzo can do that for that team. I expect Glaber Torres to be better this year, too. I mean, he's shown us a lot more. I yeah, expect a bounce-back season and, and a nice year from Glaber Torres. So, I mean, to me, it's can those support players do enough, uh, and can they pitch enough? Like to me, those are, that that's the uh, that's the thing. I mean, the Yankees could finish anywhere from first to fourth in the in the American League East, and I know most people are having them more down towards third or fourth, 
But, I mean, they could finish anywhere in the top four realistically. I mean, nobody's going to fall as far back as, as the Orioles. God bless them. But it could, there are definitely, there's definitely a scenario that's more likely than you want to – I cannot believe I'm saying this to a Yankees fan. Never mind. I hope you guys finish in four. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. But no, listen, they're not going to be a bad team. They should be better than last year, but this is a team that is too right-handed. They haven't solved for that. They it upgraded defensively at shortstop, but they haven't um, they haven't added a left-handed bat that we should have. Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo, I just don't believe it. Um, you know, I don't. You know, I like the arms in the bullpen. Lewisek is the future closer. Um, Gill should be back and, and, and ready to go, but it's a lot of what is. Montgomery can eat innings, but. Uh, He's not a sexy three, you know what I mean? Like, Talon, you know, it's just too much what-ifs for me. That's what bothers me. And you know what? I agree with you. Stanton's contract is is a hindrance on this team. But he produces. When he's healthy, he had a good year last year, especially, you know, late in the season when we needed some hits. And, and, you know, he played well. He wasn't a problem. It was everybody else that wasn't was striking out, which is a problem in this league altogether. But um, I just like – I like what – TP Twins did. I like what your Braves have done. Um, the, the the Dodgers, who cares? Get, got Freeman, c- cut the check. Even the Rangers spent money on on Simeon and, and Seager. You know these there's teams got, spending. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm like I got I got one thing on the I got one thing on the Dodgers real quickly. But before we move on past Joey Gallo, listen, he may not hit his weight in, in average. But he will – I believe that he will hit 40 home runs this year. He very well will hit 40 home runs in the box. question is when will they come and at what level. I, I think it's interesting if you look at the Dodgers organization right now, though, how bold Dave Roberts is in claiming that this is a world championship team. We're going to win the World Series this year. Yeah. He's, they're openly saying that in camp. Um, that's, that's, really, uh, that's really interesting to me. That's, that's a swagger that we haven't really uh, – Team come to spring training with, and on paper, and on paper they definitely are the the best team, and they should win, right? Uh, when you look yeah, at that pitching yeah. and everything they have in that pen, and, and all the pieces on that team, they should win. They better effing win. If they don't, it will be a uh, an epic collapse. And uh, it's there are never any teams from Los Angeles that look great on paper that that fail to perform, right. are they? But uh, I'm just just saying. So that. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see they're supposed to win. Uh, what I'm looking forward to, and this is my last last piece, and then please take it away. But how there's going to be one of these teams that sold off a lot of people, like the Reds or the Rockies, or one of these teams that sold off some guys that people are like, what? Mm-hmm. How in the world that you know this is a last place team? And there's going to be one of them. The Giants were kind of that last year. Nobody expected them to be there, but yeah. one of these teams are going to mm-hmm. really really compete. And it could be the Tigers or something, you know, as they've continued to grow. But one of these teams is going to come out of nowhere and really compete. I, I feel pretty confident about it. I'm just – I can't wait to see which one it's going to be. The Mets are coming. And, and, and TP can say I'm a Mets fan, fine. You can say it if you want. It's not true, but it's because of my dad. I actually was just yeah. hanging out with him Monday. I, I was just with my dad in Stanford on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. listen, they've had a they had a brilliant offseason. Scherzer, Bassett, getting him after the um, lockout. Sterling Marte, Kahana, uh, they've had a and, – and getting Walter as a manager. This team is going to be neck and neck with the Dodgers. 
and the Braves. Um, look out. They're, they're going to be a good team. DeGrom and Scherzer for a full season. <laughs> uh, go ahead, TP. No, I'm good. No, the, the truth is coming out. Boy, uh, I can't believe this. I, I got popcorn. It's the truth. It's the truth. The Mets are going to be a good team, TP. They're, they're, they better they have better win at least 95 games, or at least, well, 90. 90. Let's put 90 um, conservative. But they better win over 90 games. This is a good ball club. They got two horses at the front of the rotation. Um, DeGrom, arguably the best starter in baseball. Uh, when he's on his game, Scherzer, you know, obviously he, you know, we know what his 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 uh, pedigree is, but I think Bassett, that's an underrated um, signing, right? I think he he is really gonna be. This is a good team, and I like bringing in Sterling Marte. It's almost like you forgot that Robinson Cano is on that team, you know, that that because they have so many other pieces. Go ahead, Mike. It's interesting because then you look and you might have Carlos Carrasco as like your number four. And then you look around the diamond, yeah. McCann's a good catcher. You got Alonzo who could hit forty home runs. Uh second base mm-hmm. is saying maybe Jeff McNeil, but you also have Cano. You have uh, a guy that has been arguably called one of the top five shortstops in baseball for the last few years. You know, over at shortstop you got a depth guy uh like Escobar who was good in Milwaukee, especially mm-hmm. after he went there last year, was was big for that team. And then you look at that outfield, they haven't mm-hmm. re-signed Conforto, but you got Marte in the middle. And then you got you also have Brandon Nimmo. And listen, Canha can be a leadoff man or a number two guy also. If you really dig into his stats, his average is one thing, but he gets on base a ton. And if you get yeah. on base in front of those guys or in between those guys and, you know, keep that line moving, uh, that's that's going to be huge for that team. Uh, I'm you be curious to see what the bullpen can do, but that rotation should be very deep. That Mets team has a chance to be to be very good. You're right, and th- to me, that's that's the uh, the biggest threat, obviously, to the Braves in that division, and that's the biggest threat to either one of those teams, at least on paper right now. But we know that uh, yeah, we know the championships are not won on paper; they're won inside TV sets and radios. But. <laughs> Yeah, we got to see we got to see uh, Degrom, you know, healthy for a season. But Bassett as a really good number three, he he kind of fills out that rotation, puts everybody kind of back in their place. So I, I like what I see in New York. It's going to be fun baseball this year. I, you know, I can't wait for tomorrow uh, the baseball buffet with, with Nate and Dave talking some baseball. I'm sure Mike, you're going to pop in and talk some baseball. But um, give us a closeout. We get out of here. They call us cookout. Fun show with you guys, man. Man, we are at 9.4K right now, almost to 9,500. And the barbershop, man, if you haven't come by before, come by and check us out. If you have come by, come in again, share the room, ping your friends, listen. Maybe if you're just going somewhere quick, see in your car, man, like you would have got news of what happened with Arians today before it popped up in your phone and other places, man. Listen, uh, the barbershop, the timeless and groove and – uh, all the other people that are regular staples in that shop, man. Uh, there's some breaking news in there, man, so come check it out. It's more entertaining than anything you'll get on, like, sports talk radio. You ain't got to listen to all the commercials. There's usually the musings of somebody in there, and that's more entertaining than hearing them tell you, call now, 1-800-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah. Uh, so, yeah, come uh, chop it up with us. Put a sound of your Bluetooth in your car right around while you're running your next errand or something. Uh, even if you can only pop by for a couple minutes each day, everybody's presence is what makes the community better. So, we're at 9.4K, looking for 10K by our birthday, uh, the barber shop. We'll turn a year old April 25th, so 
Uh, thanks to all the supporters. Come by and check us out again. Check out our, white, our website. Check out our blogs, everything we're doing, our other shows, the time of Sunday morning brunch, uh, the cookout on Wednesdays, baseball buffet, and all the other things we got going on, front office show between now and uh, through the draft and other stuff. So, man, it's always a pleasure and a privilege. Always love to chop it up with you guys. Much love and time. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. Respect to all you chefs, man. And uh, And thank you for letting me be part of the family, man. I'm out. Peace. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks for the plugs. Uh, shout out to the PHI Apparel for sponsoring the show. Get out there and use that code CHEFS to get your uh, merchandise 15% off. That's CHEFS at phiapparel.co, sponsoring the show. Uh, thank you for them. Um, you know, listen, we got a show tomorrow. Like I said, the Baseball Buffet, um, TP Timeless with his flagship show on Sunday, the, the Timeless uh, Brunch. You guys do a great job. I've been going to – I've been, you know, kind of – in church, you know, getting my, my church on, getting my Jesus on. So I, I haven't been able to kind of, you know, listen to you guys, but I always love uh, catching it on the rebound on Amazon. We're on all devices, so you can always catch the show. Um, if you don't catch it live, uh, listening to those guys chop it up. But we got a lot of fun shows coming up, uh, the front office shows going through the draft and, um, you know, Crossover Cafe. I'm not sure what we're doing with the crossover, but, you know, TP always has a plan. So, um, he'll let me know. But listen, um, TP, you know what to do, man. Get us out of here as we, we close up another great show. I don't know if people seen a movie called The Negotiator, <clears throat> but uh, I was here telling y'all a couple of times. Y'all didn't want to hear me. Y'all was actually trying to listen to the bad guy of the show. But I feel like Samuel Jackson in the in the skyscraper telling the cops, I'm getting too close to the truth. And they want my blood. You know what I'm saying? I'm still wrestling. Telling y'all about this mess. You are not in control. I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk. Every time I do this, you want to jump in and mess up my stuff. I don't mess up nobody's stuff. Not Mike, not Sirius, not you, not nobody. I let everybody talk. I get my turn. I start hitting all points and bullets, and this is what happens. They always come for me. So I try to tell y'all that he, he, he fake wear that navy blue and white. But he really, really, really has blue and orange paraphernalia. And it's not just the Knicks. You know, I try to tell y'all, man. And then and he missed that stuff with the Twins last week, and they tried to come back around because Mike tried to put a bug in y'all ear. See, this is what I'm talking about. He's befuddled. I try to be there for him. Whenever he needs me, I say sometimes in his life he will have faith. He should have sorrow. But. If he is wise, he knows that there's always tomorrow. Lean on T. <laughs> I, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so y'all know how I get down Sports City Men's Day doing everything that we got going. SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the website, the interviews, the blogs, the chefs. We got stuff going all week long. Final four take place this dog on Saturday, and Monday is the national championship. Stay tuned. We are so focused on that, though. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, <laughs> now they know. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. 
They well in tune, bloom like a flower in June. Superman verse MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the sports scene chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports city, sports city, chef you, chef you. Sports city, sports city, chef you, chef you. Yeah. Cabby. Todd. Woo. Connecticut. Uh. <laughs>